Welcome to Focus on Claims with Ernie Bray, CEO of ACD. Hi, everyone. Ernie Bray here with another episode of Focus on Claims. And as our listeners know, we always like to talk about different things, technology, innovation. But I also like to talk about the human aspect of claims because a lot of times I think I've said this a thousand times, so I sound like a broken record, but a lot of times we focus on technology and innovation, but we forget about the human touch. And I've said this again and again, and that's why today we want to bring that human element in. And I think it's so important that we continue that focus because as we bring technologies into the industry, you still need to have that empathy, that personal touch. And today our guest, Chanel Tran, is a uh, owner of an appraisal company um, out of North Carolina. And I wanted to have her on to hear her story because I've seen a lot of her posts on LinkedIn. She's very active. I'm very impressed with that, frankly. I think it's really exciting because I love the entrepreneurial stories. And so, Jay, welcome, Chanel. Thanks for coming on. How are you doing, Ernie? Thanks hey, for having me. <laughs> hey, of course. Well, you know, I want to talk a little bit about sort of your entrepreneurial story. And I think this is powerful for other um, independent appraisers out there and those who really want to drive their success in their own business and kind of get your personal journey. So tell us a little bit, our listeners, how you got in the industry and how you got started, a little bit of your background. Yes. So I'm Chanel Tran. I am the head appraiser in charge at After It Claims, located in Charlotte, North Carolina. I got started after my family relocated from Phoenix, Arizona to Charlotte, Mecklenburg area. Mm -hmm. And I needed to do something different. I was tired of being behind the desk. I previously worked for a company to where I was based to doing call center style and I just needed a change. So what I decided to do was look into appraising. And I, I picked it for the fact that even though I know zero about cars, um, it all came to me for the point of loving customer service, love helping people move forward. And, you know, the insurance industry is big. So that's why I chose it. Wow. And, you know, what you just said about helping people, I mean, I think that sometimes goes unnoticed in the claims process because you see a lot of things about automating, you know, a, a workflow, seamless end to end. And, and I think a lot of times people, even customers, even insurance adjusters, they don't realize some of the interactions that have that go on when you're dealing with a customer. I mean, often the field appraiser is the only person they ever see in, you know, in person face to face. And that that's really important because I think a lot of people, do you see, do you see a lot of people be it they're stressed out when they're in a claim or like, what's it like? Yes. And sometime I'll meet a person and they'll say, you're the first person I've talked to. Wow. And I'm like, I'm flabbergasted sometimes, but it's one of those systems to where when an accident happens, they call, it starts going right through the process. And the biggest thing that I like to do is just, I state my role to them mm -hmm. every time. Um, I know my role isn't as big in the process, but it, I tell them it is an important one. So that way I can get the claim moving forward by having my job complete. And then just sometimes they just want someone to talk to, to hear their story. You know, that's a really good point. I think I think that interaction face to face, they just need a a person with empathy, somebody to understand and mm -hmm. hear them out. And I think that that really is just so it really is so important. All right. Now, you told me before we've talked uh, that you started kind of in the H.E. arena. And, I, and for me, that 
seems pretty impressive because I started in the auto side. I started the insurance carrier side and I kind of learned through their training classes. And that's how I learned. How did your path go compared to that? Like you you started, I believe you started in HE. Yep. I started in HE. It was a big transition after moving from Arizona to Charlotte and after taking my auto class with IAPATH. Um, I didn't want to get right into the field because I was nervous. So I thought the best route for me would be to go into the shop and learn from the techs, learn from the managers, and really get an idea of what it's like to work in a shop, work mm-hmm. with the people I will be working with as an appraiser. So that way I'll know the ins and outs. That makes sense. You know, when I worked at the insurance carriers, uh, they had sent me through intensive training. I went to like the, the headquarters and did a lot of uh, multi-day intensive study. And I think taking that path, like you're talking there. Um, so you said you did some classes first, then went and worked at a shop to really learn the process. How would you say on the HE side on heavy equipment, did it help you get into the auto or was it complex? How, cause to me, I always felt like that was a whole different area that I was kind of nervous about because it seemed complex to me. What was it like? It can be nerve wracking, but since I didn't know anything about auto, I thought it made it easy Um, because the biggest thing is, is just sitting back and listening. I think it's only, it's for the fact that I went in, I walked in with the right attitude. I went in focus. My primary concern was to listen for my texts and the people around me because they are the most knowledgeable. Well, was there a lot of pressure though? Do you feel pressure at the time? Uh, with the fact that in a lot of time in heavy equipment claims, it seems like there's always a, a rush to get these vehicles back on the road because they have to have them for deliveries. They have to have them for transport mm-hmm. where I know, you know, an individual's car, they will get a rental car usually if the vehicle's in for repairs. Yeah. But in this situation, did there seem like there's a more of a condensed time? Did you feel under stress to have to get the vehicle out quicker? It does move a lot faster because you're right. If when they're now on the road, they're losing money. Mm-hmm point blank period. When they're down the road, they're losing money. So we would have to move fast. Um, Turnaround times could be a week. All depends on the type of type of damage. What about parts? That's that's one area, Chanel. That's one area that I know a lot of appraisers that may not have a lot of experience in writing heavy equipment type claims. Uh, a lot of times we hear the, Hey, you know, I can't get part prices. It's taking me five or six days. Uh, and, and, and from our perspective, you know, the insurance carrier is asking, Hey, what's taking so long. Uh, is that a serious concern or is it difficult to find parts or how does that work? Um, it's difficult to, it can be difficult to find parts. It's not as easy to just Google it at okay. times. Um, the second thing is that when you call dealerships to get mm-hmm. parts, keep in mind, they're busy because they have phone calls. They have people walking up to their counter. So it's really hard to sit down with them and get a whole list of 10 parts in it and expect to get that done within, you know, 24 or 48 hours sometime. So what I learned and talking to people I know, mm-hmm. that goes to the back burner that you, they won't be, you won't be surprised. Appraisers won't get parts pricing from them. So it's for knowing the ins and outs of it. Mm -hmm. There's, there's ways to where the um, heavy equipment claims estimates are a little bit more condensed sometimes for the fact that you're not able to get that 20 list of parts, but you are able to get five parts. And then once it's actually in the shop, 
the shop is able to get parts easier because they have that person dedicated to them to really sit down and search part parts. Gotcha. Okay. Now, would you say that writing HE claims to begin with sort of at the start of your career here made it easier overall working with cars in general? It just became it a lot sure easier. Did. Okay. It sure did. Well, it how, sure did. One thing you'd mentioned to me when we spoke before that kind of said that you, you kind of learned the why behind the what, and it was kind of a, is a statement you told me and, I, and that stuck with me and you really learned that process in that. Tell me a little bit about that. You, when you're working with techs, how did, how did that really increase your skill set? You would just be able to sit there with them during the day and kind of like really look at the repair process and understand it more. Um, the big thing that my techs had me do because we all had our own, we ha had our own things to do is the fact that when I would write my estimate mm -hmm. at the beginning, I would ask, I would, Hey, look over this. Is this what exactly what you need just by looking at it, just that we can get this approved through insurance? And they would they would go line by line with me at the beginning and be like, I need this as well. This is, has to be on there, such as um, like an alignment for the right. front bumper. Sometime they would be like, you have to put an alignment. I'm like, well, why? I was like, I need to know the why behind the what, because I am the middle person and I have to explain this to the person over the phone. So that way, if that adjuster says no, I can come back and say yes, and this is why. So you really, I think from my perspective, that hands-on experience of being right there in the shop every day is a real, it's like live training every day. You know, a lot of appraisers in the industry, if they go through, in, you know, insurance corporate training, those are really good classes too. They're fantastic. And I, I learned a ton. But I'll tell you, when I got out there in the field, gosh, it was 25 years ago now. It seems like it was a long time ago. I was, I was, it still doesn't beat being in a, in a repair, collision repair facility. You're still going to have to learn on the job. And I remember I looked at the time when I started and even after a couple of years in, it was just like, I learned so much because just the interactions, you start to learn the ins and outs of really what the repair process is. And that, that's really a valuable experience you had. Hey, I want to switch over to the, uh, to how you moved into the auto side. And I know you had uh, did a lot of the IA path classes. Tell me about that experience and, and how that was and what, what you did in those classes and how, how it helped out. Um, it was probably the best step forward I could have taken is to get it in the industry. And probably one of the biggest reasons why I got my position at HE, even though I didn't know anything, it was, mm -hmm. it was the fact that I want to learn the open-mindedness. So, IAPAD helped me learn the basics of do, this is how you do it. Mm -hmm. The, and this is what air, like certain things are called. This is the process. So IAPAD taught me how to get started and make me feel comfortable and walk in with the right attitude. And also, they also encourage, you have to build relationships in this industry. Yep. Now, That's even true. though IAPAD taught me the basics, there is so much more to learn. Mm -hmm. And the best way for me to learn is by building those relationships with the shops, going in for the supplements, even if it's like at the beginning, even if it's easy, mm -hmm. go in there, learn, talk to them about the supplements. And that's also how I learned. I would teach the adjusters who would come into my body shop because like you said, they didn't know, they didn't know trucks as well. Right. So learning with them. They, IPAP taught me the basics. It um, helped me move forward. We have a, and the second best thing about IAS, IAPATH is definitely the support group 
the mentors we have because we mentor each other. We meant all the, everyone works together as to like, hey, I've had this type of type of claim. Haven't worked on this before. Can someone look at this and give me an idea of how much repair time or where can I go to find parts pricing? That's really great. So you guys, so you, you, you sort of have a support network within some of the, the class members you've had there. That's great. Oh, yeah. It's a great support group. That way you're not walking in also as like a deer in headlights. Cause that's, it's not like you're walking into an office, you're in front of your own computer. You know, and, and I think that's really important because I think the more relationships you have, even in the eye industry, you help each other out, even probably get potential new clients and just, just that connection of knowledge is, is, is really powerful. And, and that's what I've heard about iPad. I know Chris has been doing a lot of great work out there and, and, and that's, that's credit to him and, and what he's been doing. And, and it's exciting to see a lot of the relationships growing like that and, and people building their skills in this industry. Um, yeah. Let me ask you about building your business now. So you took the leap. You went out and you started your own company now at this point. You've left there. You've done the iPath classes. Tell me about the start of how you, because, you know, you, anybody can start a business, but you got to get clients. How do you, you go about building, because you, you work for, multi, you, you market your company to multiple businesses out there, companies out there. How, how do you go about doing that? Like, what are some tips like you would give an appraiser, like they're starting out? What can they do? Um. The biggest tip that I would give is how I got started was definitely going off the small group of Mm -hmm. the small list that iPad provided me, which ACD was one of them. Mm -hmm. You guys got me started and I've, you guys have such a great community. Um, Also going on LinkedIn, marketing myself when I get um, to really show that I know how to do these type of claims, especially my heavy equipment. Cause yep. that's what I love doing. I like doing, I like doing cars, but I love doing HE. I'll tell you, that's one thing I am absolutely impressed with what you do. Your um, posts come on the timeline. I see what you're doing out there. And I, I'd have to say other IAs out there, take, take note and listen to uh, what Chanel's doing, because that's how you get attention focusing on continuing marketing yourself like that. That's really exciting. And, I, and I, that's really, really brought attention to what you're doing out there. And I'm um, great work on that. Mm-hmm. So, Tell me a little bit about, now this is for how you become efficient. And this is for other appraisers listening here. What do you do? How do you become efficient and make your day successful? What are some things that you would say, hey, these are the things you have to do every day if you want to be successful in this business? Definitely staying organized. Mm -hmm. I have a process of what I do every morning to make sure I'm on task for what I have lined up for today, especially mm-hmm. being a working mother of two, two kids under eight, I'm out wow. there. My husband's schedule is different from mine because he has more of the second shift, but I, ha- I have to keep everything organized. I have priorities outside of work and my goal is to be there for them regardless. So staying organized, following the process, and that's mm-hmm. even during every in, inspection. I know how my time is going to be used. I don't want to waste time because being on the road enough, depending on how far certain claims are, that's enough time wasted as well compared to a five minute drive from somewhere to two out like an hour and a half away. That's money. So you're actually then taking that step to really plan out the mapping of where you're going. So you're being more efficient you're mm-hmm. looking at um, 
driving efficiency there. What about statusing files? How do you keep up with that? That's another issue I know a lot, some appraisers have trouble with sometimes. How do you keep on top of the claims? Um, I make notes every, every, for every printout I have for every claim I do, I'm, mm -hmm. I take notes. So when I'm leaving a message, I'm writing it on there. Um, and then at, after I make notes on all of my files, regardless right. if it's an ACD or an other firms, mm -hmm. I'm going on the website at the same time and I'm right. statusing all at the same time compared to just after every call. Um, yep. Cause I'm not going to be on my computer. I don't put my, I don't have my computer on the road. I'm okay. very, I just do it on my cell phone, but I like to be more professional and just accurate with when I get home, it's going in there instantly. So that way everyone knows what's going on. Yeah. And that's key. I mean, keeping everybody updated is so important because when you take away uh, those moments of, you know, an adjuster wants to know what's going on. If you status those files, I say that to every appraiser out there more you status your files or at least keep everybody updated of what's going on. It reduces phone calls in the field too. That's one thing appraisers, if you don't status your files, you end up getting a ton of phone calls asking what's going on. And you can, that can be eliminated by just giving a simple status update. So, you know, here's the thing, working on different rosters, you know, working on different rosters for different companies. How do you keep in touch with the, uh, the contacts at the different companies just to keep your name out there? Do you check in every so often or how does that work? So, you know, to market the business check-ins mm -hmm. because that way I let them know, Hey, I'm out here. Cause I want to be the number one mm -hmm. in that area. I want to be the one getting the money. If I'm too busy, I will, I will let you guys know, but I want to, I would love to work every single claim in Charlotte. If I could, it, it, that's so I, send, I send temp check emails. Be like, Hey, how you doing? I'm out here. Especially yeah. when it's slow. Is I never know how many in my in my area are added on. That's that's super important because I think we like it. Our our vendor recruitment team, our the team that manages, we love hearing from the network because we don't know. Sometimes people have different things going on in their lives, like they maybe they're going on vacation, or maybe they are overloaded with another company, or maybe they just need a break. But the key is when you keep in communication with the, the different companies like that, then that, like you said, a temperature check, they know where, the, where everything's going. So, okay. Yeah. You know, maybe, cause you never know. There's been times appraisers have called us and, and they call it just the right time. And all of a sudden in their actual area, there's a ton of claims. Maybe there's a 50 claims come in on a, on a catastrophe claim or something. And at that right time, Hey, they're ready to take it and ready to go. So I always tell people, yeah, keep, keep in touch and always, you know, a check in It's super important. You know, I want to dig in a little bit about the, the process in the field when you're dealing with customers. How do you, is there, is there a routine you kind of go through when you're meeting with a customer? Because that, that, like you said before, earlier in our conversation is oftentimes the only face they see is the yeah. person they're meeting with. Do you, do you have a certain protocol or a way you handle a claim when you get to a Oh site? yeah. I have a, I have a script, I have a script for them. Okay. Um, and just a process I like to do. I like to go up to them, greet them let them know my role is mm -hmm. um, just remind them what I'm there for. And also know, let them know what my process is going to be, you know, take photos of everything outside, inside, especially having them understand why I'm taking photos of the inside. Right. Um, so, cause some, some people are always either once it locked or, yeah. or I'm like, well, if I, if, I can't do it if it's locked. <laughs> I got to have access to the inside. I know they were asking you like, well, hey, why do, you, why do you need my car? And then a lot of times some carriers want the photograph of that registration too. So like, hey, why do you want the yep. registration? Yeah, just to verify the vehicle and all that. But, but, but the, photo pro the photo process, 
that is actually one of the, it seems one of the most simple, easy things to do, but it's actually one of the most important. I mean, like when you do it, do you have it a certain way you do it or how do you handle that to make sure you capture everything? Um, I, what I, what I like to do is I get all, I have a process of all four. I have the regular, but mm -hmm. when I start taking photos of the damage, I like to make sure I'm getting the area photos compared to only close up. Right. Because yes. I always like to have my photos tell a story. That is super important. It really yeah. is. It has to tell a story to the estimate. Otherwise, if I'm just getting a close-up photo, which most people will do like, hey, how much does it cost to repair this? And I'm like, I can't even tell where that's at. Like you have to do the zoom out. Kind I of. know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> I find that I find that all the time. And a lot of times when customers are doing photo estimating, they take their own photographs. We see mm -hmm. that all the time. The, the owner will take a close-up of something. You don't even know what it is. And they take one other photograph and then you're like trying to write an estimate off that. And I think that's the key. Telling the story is very, very important. Mm -hmm. You know, as we get close to closing here, I want to kind of just wrap up with some of the things. What are the what advice? I mean, your story of going out, doing the classes, starting at a shop, going out and doing your business and building your business. I mean, somebody that may run across maybe an iPath, iPath ad on LinkedIn or somebody that hears about it or maybe that are at a collision repair facility right now and they go, hey, maybe I want to start a business. What advice or what are some of the things I'll ask this question. My question is, what are two things, one or two things that uh, were shocking to you maybe or you didn't expect that was a, a challenge when you went out on your own? And what are like, maybe a couple of things that you would say that, uh, that you enjoy about it that makes this running your own business great and you enjoy about it? Just you know, one or two things you can think about. Um, I would say... You definitely have to be open-minded and willing to learn and have a mm -hmm. drive for results attitude. That's one of the biggest things that I enjoy about this job. Okay. Um, when I went on my own, I wasn't, I wasn't surprised about a lot of things because mm -hmm. as I think I would have been more surprised for the fact about it's so hard to get, it is hard to get HE um, parts pricing. Mm -hmm. It is. And I'm glad I worked in a shop before and start asking questions before I left to know what to expect and to know yeah. how to do my workarounds to not have like five day delays. Okay. And, got it. That and makes communicate, total sense. And communicate with the sh like HE shops more and build, building relationships on those. I, I would say just like talking in this conversation we're having today, really for anybody out there, it's really about communication. It's about always having the mind to keep learning. Like you said, you keep, trying to soak in more knowledge, learning and always get your skills better. That's so important. That and communicating to people. I think somebody jumping in from my perspective, I say, don't be afraid to ask questions. I always tell people that, you know, and even from us at ACD, when we work with the vendor network, we have our partners. Um, we always say, ask questions, reach out to us. We're here to help. Cause as you know, I'm sure there's thousands, <laughs> hundreds of thousands of client guidelines. You're dealing with every insurance company guidelines may be a little different. And if you're mm -hmm. not reading the guidelines, it can be you know confusing, but yeah, it can. great, great tips. So as we close here, uh, Chanel, I'd like to just uh, give you a chance to kind of pitch a little bit about, tell us about what areas you cover, uh, what, you know, what kind of vehicles you inspect and, and how uh, someone can get a hold of you. Yeah, I cover all vehicles, auto, motorcycle, heavy equipment, trailers, farm equipment, 
I am in the Charlotte metro area. I'll go as far as Greensboro, um, Hickory, Bupay, I will go. So I am out there on the field. I love it. If you want to get in contact with me, email me at afteritclaims at gmail.com or look me up on LinkedIn. I'm, I get back within like minutes or 24 hours. Like I'm always willing to work. Right on. Well, thanks so much, Janelle, for coming on and, and telling your story. And I think as we tell other appraiser stories out there, it's just so exciting because the part where you're talking about the community, the mentorship, working together is so powerful. And that's so much it's needed in this day and age. So much people working together like that in an era, like I always close off in an era where everybody's talking technology. And I love technology too. But this is, you know, claims, I always say this, is a human business. You're dealing with people mm -hmm. and having great people like such as yourself out there working uh, and, and, and really delivering on what the insurance carriers um, are promising, is, which is great customer service. And uh, you're, you're a great example of that. And it was great to have you on today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You know, I appreciate your time and the conversation. And I enjoy being part of the ACD family. Thank well, you so that's much. That's great. Hey, great. We, we appreciate you having you as a partner as well. And thanks again for being on. This has been Focus on Claims with Ernie Bray, President and CEO of ACD.